Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. With the mask not adding up, you said I'm checking it out. I'm working to the ground. Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts and professional like mentions and adverts and stuff. Insert here. Uh, this is part three of a conversation I just had with Zach Reed that I'm titling "An Honest Conversation." I don't know why it just kind of sounded like a title. I'm really starting to show that I'm. Believe it or not, I don't talk a lot in real life. I'm like a three-word kind of a guy. Um, but when I'm in an interesting conversation with someone I really enjoy talking to, I have the terrible habit of speaking over someone. Listening back over this, I have thrown things at an imaginary past self of mine. And I just want to hear what Zach's going to say. Uh, hopefully I don't frustrate you too much with that. Uh, we're talking about rookies, and we switch from rookies to talking about vets, and so I actually think it's a really interesting segment, especially I really find the concept of not being able to know what would happen to volume with two different players from two different teams suddenly on the same roster. Um, I find it a really interesting uh, question um, that we try to answer and struggle to answer, and uh, yeah, just wish I'd shut up sometimes. Uh, I even left, like, I'd disappear for a minute to get another drink and tell a story about my daughter. I just left it all in there just to make this fully an honest conversation that you get the feeling of the conversation. Honestly, I, I enjoyed this so much. It's why I love podcasts like The Open Bar so much. Just, this is a, my fun of fantasy, if you like. I get a lot of fun out of fantasy, but just the conversations and in, enjoying someone's company... Um, hopefully you're getting that. I really do hope you've enjoyed it so far. There's probably at least one more part left, to be honest with you. Um, and thanks for sticking with it if you have this far. Uh, let's go right back to uh, my conversation with Zach Reed recently. Um, yeah, thanks. So, again, and I don't this mean... This year's going to be different. I'll point that this one year's out. 2021's going to... Well, Najee Harris oh, oh. was at the very top. So yeah, was Jamal Chase. I think we got those two right. <laughs> for sure but Jalen Waddle was was down and I think he's going to actually be very good because he landed I I did not feel like this is a this is I'm a not... 180 because I didn't <laughs> think Jalen Waddle was going to be very good but the place he landed and the position he is in he is going to be he's had 165 yards after the catch out of his 301 and he's going to be used in that same way what Tua needed was somebody who let him get the ball out quick because teams were be able to to blitz to to send more defenders than they had uh, linemen, mm -hmm. and the way to beat that is to get the ball out quick to a player who can create space, and that is exactly what Jalen Waddle does. And and with Tua, he is 
absolutely fantastic. I, I think that that in the, the past couple of drafts, it was the the I mean, obviously the guys at the top are 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 good. It was it was DK, it was uh Nikhil Harry, whatever, but like most of the time when when we're consensus those players are going to be pretty good but it was the guys like AJ Brown who were being drafted in you know 111 110 it was it was Justin Jefferson who was being drafted at you know 109 110 111 112 i think for my money it's it's Rondell Moore this year who was being drafted around the turn it it's Bateman, who is being drafted around the turn, those are where you make up ground because you're not the the those picks are ostensibly teams that were good because you're picking in the back end of a round and you're adding a good player. So that's where you end up making some moves or those picks are easily acquirable. Nobody cares about an end of a first round pick. You can throw something else at an end of a first round pick and get that. You could say, oh, I'll give you next year's pick. And they they run quick math in their head and say, okay, well, if I got the 111, there's only one way that that can be worse next year. You know, if you finish first, it's the 112. At worst, it's, you know, a push. And instead of looking at that player, and so I think, I think sometimes you have to it's a it's focus on those players you believe in and and make those bets because so many people now are talking about portfolios and and diversifying assets and and which is great if you're playing in 30 leagues but if you're only playing in a few leagues diversifying your assets maybe and that's kind of what I was talking about, about the, uh, you got to narrow down the list. I'm a little yeah. tired of people telling me trade first for this, that, or the other. It's like, you get one. Right. If you're lucky, you've traded for an extra couple. Like, stop pretending we can trade for Colton Sutton and T. Higgins and Marcos Brown. Like, you get one. I go, well, I'm first here, man. Yeah, exactly. Shorten the list. <laughs> Instead, trade those players with your first to go up. <laughs> and fortunately, it does that doesn't sound hot. Like, just go trade for Justin Jefferson. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> go run and do it. I'm <laughs> sorry, before you get off, like, I might miss on Jalen Waddle. You're talking kind of like a Jarvis Landry. Yeah. But, uh, Waddle was on my list. Be- and because- for as a rookie, because he didn't play enough, I can respect Something that's interesting to me uh, with Miami, though, is like him and Devontae Parker are basically splitting overall workload. If you look from expected point percentage, they've been about as useful in terms of being in the top 24, about the same number when you adjust for the amount of games they've played. Like Parker plays further down the field. Parker's going to be a player that tempts me away from Waddle. I'm probably going to be wrong. I can see that. Um, and, and look, I, I, I want I, Mike Gasecki on this team. Honestly, he's the guy that's most exciting to me. But I think I'm going to oh, be wrong. Oh, oh, on... Sorry, I was going to mention because, you know, we mentioned, you know, the deeper players I like aren't anyone that you should probably roster in most leagues. Isaiah Ford's getting touches. No <laughs> idea how long. Like, that was a couple years ago. But he was one of my deep guys. And he, like, he gets a projection each week. And that's exciting to me. He's my, he might be my next Kendrick Bourne or Zach Pascal. He's rostered. <laughs> 
<laughs> he gets roster percentages only because I'm in so many leagues. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually write that down because uh, uh, every now and then, man, Zach Pascal comes out and has those two touchdown games, and I'm like, Peter, really? <laughs> My bench looks great in those weeks. Kendrick Bourne too. <laughs> he, he steals. Uh, well, he's not. He's making his own. I honestly don't think he's taking uh, Jacoby Myers touchdowns, but he's good and on a roster. And every now and again, they're gonna do stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's not that valuable, but I knew it. <laughs> anyway, um. So, yeah, actually, Miami is a nice microcosm of some of the things we're talking about there because you've got Preston Williams, I'm assuming most people are going to forget, who I'm going to kind of like as a deep-end roster stash. Isaiah Ford's on every watch list I own. Um, <laughs> most people are going to want Waddle. I'm probably rightly. Uh, I, I think you're probably going to be right. I mean, this is a phenomenal rookie season, judged by most. Um, it's also a weird year. Um I look at Parker as one of those players that's been in the top 24, going to be valued outside the top 24. So I'm going to be liking him in the hopes that he has another good year and elevates. But um, anyway, also something I want to mention before we get off, it's to get there are weird, there are players that like ADP has outside the top 24 that don't have that value on them. Like in your league, in most leagues, like good luck getting them from that kind of players. <laughs> um, uh, and so that kind of conflicts with the tier one, tier two strategy I was just talking about. And also players that are in the top 24 and their value is soft in the opposite way. I think it's Alan Robinson. Uh, like yeah. he's someone even I'm nervous to buy. Like at a certain point, you got to believe that it just keeps not happening. Um, AJ Green just went to just went off for another 18 points, having to moving to Arizona. I mean, if a good player is staying good, Odell Beckham, like I, I, I still roster him a lot, but at a certain point, you got to be like, that's not just a limited passing game. Come on, man. <laughs> um, it, it's funny you mentioned Allen Robinson. I have an offer on the table, somebody is offering me Allen Robinson. For Chase Edmonds, and I'm hesitating. Yeah, yeah, you see what I mean? Like <laughs> that's that's a accept every time trade. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like, Chase but, Edmonds but, been but, scoring but, more points this season. His yeah, I can't, I can't, percentage I can't, has been I, up. I, I can't He's give a receiver up Chase in Edmonds. that backfield. Like, yeah, I can't give up Chase Edmonds for you. Pro- for you definitely Robinson. probably should, but I know. And, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> um, I don't know what to do with those guys in the tier two either. Because part of me, I don't know whether to lean on, believe what they're telling you most recently. I mean, before now, I've been buying every OBJ share I could get a hold of, and I would normally have been like, "Wait!" And now I'm getting a lot. There are too many aging still young good wide receivers that just never seem to pick it up again it's like that's a thing there's a weird category of just and alan robinson has had the rockiest nastiest nfl career and lots of it like i still think he was and is amazing it's just i know maybe luck is a thing and some people carry it around with them he's still (laughs) definitely a good nfl player and there's not part of this conversation it's just will it come back around for fantasy if so, I think it's going to be a short-term thing. Like I, I, I know. Well, that's that's the. There thing are is. a few like Brandon Cooks where it doesn't matter. He just keeps producing. Yeah. <laughs> they can't stop Brandon Cooks. But um, OBJ I mean, he does and have Alan Davis Davis Mills, the second coming of John Elway, throwing him the ball. I mean, how could you? 
How could you fail? I do want to ask you about quarterbacks because I had like a quarterback I was talking about last week. I don't know what I'm doing. So I don't know what he actually, what's actually going on. And Davis Mills is an interesting name. I also want to know what you think of the Washington fella, if you've watched him at all. Um, uh, Heineke? I want to grab a drink, though, if that's all right. Yeah, go for it. Sorry. I'm, I, I thought my coffee would last. It did not. <laughs> Uh, brought two just in case. <laughs> Sorry, my daughter wanted to show me a gymnastics move she just made up. It's a thing. Oh, nice! Looked like uh, it looked like a football drill. After actually, I asked her what she called it, and she said, "Oh no, I, I called it fast feet, McGee." She just kind of around <laughs> in a square. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry. Um, where were we? Alan Robinson's bad now, apparently. Like that goes against everything in my body because team old guy wide receiver young players are, uh, believe players are good if they actually get to that level they can get back to that level but I think it might be on the Kenny Galladay list oh. that's another player like on that kaleidoscope league that John Bosch made that I mentioned earlier where you could pick your players I thought he was too, falling too far because he'd been on the fringe he had a top 12 season once and that's where position ranks aren't always and I should stop equating them myself I was like, maybe he's tier, he's got tier one potential with that whole whole team basically to himself. I don't think anyone challenges him in that receiving game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Sterling Shepard's just better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, that's what I have to say. So like, it's not but, like there is a tier one, tier two. You can still miss, but I still stand by that because I really was reaching for higher upside. It, I just had him miss tiered. It's really funny. Sterling Shepard... In his rookie draft class, yeah, was a was a first round pick. Yep. Kenny Galladay, in his rookie draft class, was a a reach of a third round pick. Yeah, uh, was going second in mind, but yeah, I know what you mean. Well, yeah. but it depends yeah, on I when remember you remember the Kenny Galladay wars. Doing him like, like it's what finally made Jeff called me fine because I got it right. <laughs> like like I was a Kenny Galladay guy. And when I I rank Kenny Galladay, I don't I like I took him in in the late second in our rookie draft, mm-hmm. and it was just like like everybody was like you are an idiot, and I was like okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's funny. I'm a dummy. I like I, I remember, fully acknowledge. I literally remember one rookie draft where he fell out the second. It was like the three of one pick, and there was like three of us that noticed this before anyone else, and there was just this buzz of league activity where we're all sending every trade we can think of to the one of three or one three or two three or three that's and someone else got him and i fucking uh that's tilting but yeah it's just like the couple of people who realized and uh yeah as a touch behind him and someone else managed to get him but sorry carry on with your story that's that's the kenny galladay draft i remember no that was it but it's it's funny that you you said that you know now all of a sudden sterling shepherd is is better than Galladay, well, he he you dra- when you drafted him, he was, and then we got this hype because it's I still that's maintain- the thing that that's where perspective gets screwed up because I I like Kenny Galladay a lot more than I like Sterling Shepard, I especially like that I got him later. I like to yeah profile better yeah, and and that's I'm mean, like that's that's the thing is is there's so much that goes on psychologically in this game. Where you drafted a guy, what he's done for you, what you know, all of these things 
that get attached to it. Even even I think people like Galladay better than like they like Sterling Shepard because Galladay was baby Tron. Galladay looked more like Calvin Johnson. You know, Galladay was the big receiver, the X receiver, the guy who you can throw the ball up to and go get. And Sterling Shepard is the guy who goes six yards down the field, plants his foot, gets the defender to go one way, goes the other, catches the ball, gets tackled after three more yards, and then he does it again, and then he does it again, and he does it again. And it's just – it's not ever going to be sexy – I mean, it's the Jarvis Landry. For how many years did people say, oh, Jarvis Landry sucks, and he finished as a top 12 or top 14 or top 16 wide receiver? Jarvis it's interesting, Landry sucks. It's interesting when different opinions you hold clash and you find out which one you value more. Because at the end yeah. of the day, it's just which one you value more. Yeah. And I like Kenny Galladay because I thought he was a make- incredibly good producer at a lower conference, and those are the guys I love. Lower draft. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that went out for me because normally I'm on team small guy. Um, or team Andy big guy. You just like <laughs> whatever the biggest underdog. That's yeah, where I you guess. find Peter. It <laughs> <That's>, is. Hey, <laughs> why do I keep losing? I don't know, Pete. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? It's actually an interesting. I don't know. I have a. I don't know. I have my hands around this enough to be able to talk uh, to be able to present it in a way that's you know listenable but it's a similar thought that keeps occurring in different conversations you just reminded me of it like robbie anderson getting target share on the jets makes sense him going to carolina and out targeting dj Moore stops making sense to me (laughs) yeah like that's not my that's not the way the world works and um it actually keeps coming up for me when i think about you know, rookie season's coming up again. And so I'm already starting to think, what do I want to try this year? How do I want to improve? What do I want to look at? And um, talking about different conferences and people always want to conference and adjust. And I keep showing them. So it's not as big of a difference as you make. And sometimes it's the reverse. Like you get, should you getting lower stats at a lower conference is more impressive based on that conference. It's not a one-to-one you're in the SEC. You should expect it to be tougher it's not actually right. um actually <laughs> i just remind myself of that <laughs> sorry but um yeah we don't have I, I i'm convinced we don't have good ways of saying if you put this receiver in a different office who is better like yeah. there are some stand there like i don't care what jo- offense you put calvin johnson into he's probably the best receiver <laughs> you know some stand out but i don't know um, that we have a clear picture of that, which is really weird because I tend to accept at a certain point what people it seems to be the general consensus because people watch and they they know what football should look like. And it's, it's me trusting film guys. It's like, well, obviously, DJ Moore is fucking phenomenal. And I'm like, his stats are amazing. You're right. But then Robbie Anderson, this weird little skinny guy, and I'm on team skinny guy, um, undrafted free agent, like who's just getting targets because of the dearth of talent on the deck. The depth chart comes over and it's like those are mine now. <laughs> this is my <laughs> passing game now. And again, DJ Moore's gone off again this season to start the season, but slowly but surely, Robbie Anderson is not co-opting what should be Terrence Marshall's share. <laughs> He's kind of just becoming like the targeted wide receiver one again, and they keep switching out, which to me says 
I don't know what it says. That's not my worldview. DJ Moore is clearly better, but in the same passing offense, Robbie Anderson demands as much, if not sometimes more, than DJ Moore. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And that's not just give an answer. Like, I hate bringing up stuff I don't have an answer. (laughs) DJ Moore's in the top tier. Robbie Anderson is one of my perpetual values. I love, I really think people underrate him. I, I was trying to do a meme the other day, by the way. Just out, you know that picture of um, Terrence Marshall catching the ball and then DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are behind him with like weird looks <laughs> on their face? Like that was everywhere during draft trade. And I was like, I'm saving that one because <laughs> I really didn't think Terrence Marshall was going to happen. And maybe he's still well. It's been six games, but so far trending right again. And, and I was like, there are so many ways you can avert this image because if you look at their faces, DJ Moore looks like he's side laughing. And Robbie Anderson looks like he he's asking, they paying him how much his first year? <laughs> because <laughs> everything that he's done from an undrafted free agent, he's watching, you know, it's, <laughs> it's actually the opposite of, anyway, I thought that would be funny, but I couldn't, I'm not good at memes. <laughs> I do intend to post it again at some point with some comment, like what is he even trying to do with what they were actually thinking? Because that's neither here nor there. It was funny. I was trying something. Um, you're, you're, but where was it? Yeah, Robert say... isn't taking someone. like. And so my point here isn't to d- evaluate these players. It's to point out that we really don't have good ways of expecting what one wide receiver in a different situation would really do. Which to me says yeah. how little we understand how what Just... is and isn't talent. Yes. Like, is Calvin Ridley more or less talented well, than Preston Williams? And... Honestly, couldn't say for sure. I can and, just tell you who gets the volume and the volume of the offense. That's what I know. Ta- and talent and situation and how many variables there are all in between. Like, I think that's the thing that – and not 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 how you approach this, but analytics oh as a gen- – no, but analytics as a general – I think a lot of people think, hey, I could put enough numbers in this formula to spit out exactly what will happen. And I, like, I think that's the trap. I think people think that. No, and, I definitely think so. I, I've but, argued but you, a, a game where you, I always end up like in the middle going like, you're both freaking wrong. Yes. <laughs> and but then that, like, I've argued, like, you're not going to be able to. It's not. Yeah, Matt Spencer. Yeah, he's amazing. He's been immensely helpful to me. He works at Rotoviz now, and you should read everything he puts down. Uh, he codes. He learned like R in a day. He yeah. was using Python before. That means nothing to you or me, for that matter. But it's pretty. It sounds impressive. But he's really cool and definitely knows his stuff. And if you think if you put enough numbers in a row, you're going to get the real answer. Matt is both the proof and the and the proof of the lie to that. Like he's shown yeah. me some of the things and that he puts in his models. I'm like, my computer can't handle that many things. <laughs> like Matt, calm down. It's like no, but if I just hit here, here, and here, and like, the, and it's like it's, it's like a point zero 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 effect. But I mean, I'm I'm adjusting for everything at this point. I'm like, yes, you are, Matt. And you yeah. still are wrong on Terrence Marshall because at a certain point, yeah, like, it's not that a computer couldn't do it. That's the other lie. It's like, yeah, analytics have value. Eventually, machines are getting smarter. We're getting better at learning them. I'm sure we can get better at understanding how things work and will match together. But we don't have a big enough sample size with the NFL. But um, 
we will all get increasingly better at it. But right now, if you can weed out the narratives that are false, like Team Big, Team BMI, and actually right. just ignore them, and then just have an understanding of the situation, that's better than most, at least. Maybe Matt can do better, but so far not. Most can do, because your brain is capable of understanding a situation more than we can currently train a computer to. It's just yeah. like, oh, but also Mac Nagy. It's not that coaches have <laughs> that. It's that your brain is able to process how that all works together just by understanding that this is that kind of offense. Right. It, it's got to be a merger I mean, for me at this point. And I don't do film, so I just listen to other people. I understand well, what and- I can from the data, and I'm not even evaluating players through data, although I do have things I think do pretty good idea. But again, we don't know really what talent is or what it would be if they're in, in a different situation. But so we end up just tracking volume. That's yeah. it. That's 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 the secret. There's no other secret. You learned it the first <laughs> time you listened to a podcast. Like you've got Adam Harmstead out here, and he sounds like a genius all the time, literally just by pointing out, yeah, it's volume. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we've got Mike Davis's uh, and Calvin Ridley getting the volume, but not the points right now. But most of it is just volume. That's as far as what we can know yeah. is going to happen or what we can describe as good. Um, getting volume is good. That means you're probably good. <laughs> yeah, but, but, it's, but it's an equal sign. Okay, volume equals Adam, good player. Occasionally Adam Harstead does it in iambic pentameter, and so that makes him sound oh, that just makes smarter. Him yeah. And he trained as a thespian, <laughs> yeah. not a statistician. I tried to call him a nerd <laughs> once. He was like, I, I don't know you can call me that. I was like, well, what can I call him? He was like, I did. Th- I trained as a thespian in college for a little while. Like that's the closest <laughs> he could come up with. I was like, "All right, geez, even I'm a bigger nerd than you, really." Technically, even though it's got, he's definitely not. Sorry, want you off the point here, but um, yeah, 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 sorry. yeah. I, I, I really think it's interesting. <laughs> um, where, where did we start here? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, being willing to take big swings, knowing it's going to produce big misses. It's it's funny, <laughs> your your turn of phrase, big swings, take big swings, knowing occasionally they produce big misses. The the episode that I did, and, and this is a, a John Bosch-sponsored podcast by now, but mm-hmm. the episode of Dynasty <laughs> Dummies that I did with John Bosch, um, he said, I either want to be first or last. So taking those big swings in Dynasty it is okay. You're either going to hit and be very successful, or you're going to be missed. You're going to miss, and the 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 prize for missing is having a better chance of hitting in your rookie draft, having a higher pick, or having a more valuable pick that you can then trade for for another big swing, like what whatever it is. But but getting caught in the middle, not not taking chances on players, not taking those big swings for fear of those big misses puts you right in the middle, which means you're never, you're never going to win your league and you're never going to get great draft picks. And so it's just a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. I've got, uh, I'm in a rest just to mention someone else we've already mentioned, uh, Rush Fisher, Dynasty Outhouse, who I'm doing that Wednesday show with. Well, he won't be there tomorrow, actually. Shit, I have to find someone to do that with me. Um, uh, he does Trade Addict Leagues, because that's his podcast and uh, brand, I guess. Um, 
it is possible to be last and it not be a, a good thing. Like I, I've ran this team in the ground, being wanting to get better <laughs> at trade, being accepted into trade at X League. I was just like, oh, trades, and uh, I got nothing on this roster. It's, it's yeah, it's bad. I, I've got some players I like. You know those teams where you like lots of players, but it's because they're all undervalued. But if they're all undervalued <laughs> and you like them, then it's then not you can't good. Trade them, yeah. I've got Juju Smith, Schuster, Odo Beckham, Kendrick Bourne, obviously Corey Davis, uh, Nikhil Harry, just because it feels wrong for me to drop him. Like I deserve <laughs> that punishment in the leagues that I have him. I have to drop. <laughs> it's penance. No one else. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, Christian Kirk. Oh, my Christian Kirk shares left, and Derek Carr. It's a super flex league, by the way. And that's that's. Those, those are my quarterbacks. Um, so, yeah, and I, it's partly because I've been trading things away. I'm like, i got to find value somewhere. These players don't have any. Um, and so, yeah, I'm on the bottom. And that I, I really agree with that mentality. But it's nice to hit bottom without having nothing. Like, Zach Moss yeah, is true. probably one of the most tempting. Like, it is possible to run <laughs> a team into ground. <laughs> and I don't know. I've been looking at it a lot. And I don't obviously the only thing to do in a dynasty league is quit but i don't do that so it's it's going to be cuz you were talking about cuz you get a better chance of getting a better rookie but here's the thing if you do hit bottom like i have in this league partly intentionally just oh, i do have Tyler Lockett but undervalued so right. i have to trade him for a lot less than i think he's worth um so uh what was i saying oh, yeah the the thing about getting that earlier pick is if you hit bottom and you're actually bottom like I am in this league, it would only be to trade them away again. Right. Like, like I'm cutting you off right there, Pete. Uh, shut up and let Zach talk. Know what I mean? Um. Anyway, uh, thanks for checking it out. This is this concludes part three. On 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 to part four. I'm not tired. It's fine. Um, hope you're having a good day. Talk to you again on the next one. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.